Today's show is an encore presentation. As the religious right hijacked the Declaration of Independence, as famous attorney Alan Dershowitz says, what about the references to the Creator in that document? Were the Founding Fathers atheists or believers who were influenced by their faith? Should politics and government be purged of any references to God? Today we'll discuss it with Alan Dershowitz and with Richard Land and David Barton. This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man. December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire. We will not falter. And we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. The rights of man come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. Free at last! Thank God! We are free at last! If we ever forget that we're one nation under then we will be a nation gone under. Is this what we want? God expunged from the public square. That was John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King Jr., and Ronald Reagan. Speeches containing the word God, the concept of God. But some people would say they want in God we trust, removed from the coinage. Others would say they want one nation under God, removed from the Pledge of Allegiance. Do you think we ought to have the Bible in public schools or the Ten Commandments on the courthouse wall? Or prayer in public ceremonies? We're going to talk about that debate today, the great debate Separation of church and state. Is that right? Is that American? On the left, we have Professor Alan Dershowitz. He's written the book, Blasphemy, How the Religious Right is Hijacking Our Declaration of Independence. Professor Dershowitz is the Felix Frankfurter Professor of Law at Harvard Law School. He's written many New York Times bestsellers, including The Case for Israel. I interviewed him earlier, and we'll hear from him in just a moment. On the right, we've got Dr. Richard Land. He's president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Committee, Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, and he has written a book called The Divided States of America, What Liberals and Conservatives Are Missing in the God and Country Shouting Match. Dr. Land is a graduate of Princeton, of Oxford University, and he's been recognized by Time Magazine as one of the 25 most influential evangelicals in America. And so now, the great debate. We'll begin with Professor Dershowitz, and then we will ask Dr. Richard Land to respond. Again, Alan Dershowitz has written the book, Blasphemy, 
how the religious right is hijacking our Declaration of Independence. And to begin with, I simply ask Alan Dershowitz what he's so upset about. Why did he write this book? This sounds like a fairly provocative title. You're, yep. It sounds like you're upset about something. Tell us the thesis of the book. Well, you know, the religious right for years has tried to recreate Jesus in their own image first. They try to make him into a gun-toting, immigrant-bashing, uh, tax-cutting, right-wing <laughs> conservative, and that hasn't worked. Now they're trying to recreate Thomas Jefferson in their own image as a Bible-thumping, born-again Christian fundamentalist. Thomas Jefferson was a, a man of reason who uh, rejected the, uh, the divine origins of the Bible, the divine nature of Jesus. He was a deist who believed in God, but he believed in the God of nature, and he believed very strongly in the separation of church and state. And the religious right is trying to turn America's certificate of freedom from clerical domination into America's baptismal certificate, and it's just a falsification of history. And so I wrote a book, Blasphemy, which tells the true story of the framers and who they were, what their religious beliefs were. They were religious men, but they were not religious men in the traditional sense of uh, Bible-believing Christians or part of the Judeo-Christian tradition. They were much more part of a deistic tradition, closest probably to Unitarians than uh, any other group in America today. That was Alan Dershowitz. He's written the book Blasphemy, How the Religious Right is Hijacking Our Declaration of Independence. With us to respond is Dr. Richard Land. He's president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. He's written the book The Divided States of America. Welcome, Dr. Land. That's good to be with you. Dr. Land, tell me this. Do you feel like Alan Dershowitz has really, from the beginning here, set up a straw man? Absolutely. I mean, you know, first of all, he says Thomas Jefferson believed strongly in separation of church and state. He believed so strongly in it that when he designed the University of Virginia and was the chief architect of the University of Virginia, a state university, he designed it with a chapel on the main quadrangle. Um, uh, Thomas Jefferson's understanding of separation of church and state is very different and uh, not nearly as virulent or as, uh, as uh, anti-religious as uh, Alan Dershowitz's is. Uh, I mean, you know... I mean, you talk about hyperbole for a Harvard professor to engage in the kind of hyperbole that Alan Dershowitz engaged in, and that little snippet you just gave us is really comical. You know, to try to, we're trying to transform Jesus into a gun-toting. What was it? A gun-toting, tax-cutting, um, uh, or something. <laughs> member of the religious right. I mean, it's just absolutely nuts. I mean, of course, it's it's more like a straw pygmy or a straw figment of his imagination. Well, let's get to some substance. Um, I ask Alan Dershowitz, Dr. Land, I want you to listen to this. I ask him where our rights come from. All right, so for the sake of argument, if we were going to grant that Jefferson was not an evangelical Christian, and I'm willing to, to grant that right now, um, but according to Jefferson and the Declaration, the right to life, the right to liberty, the pursuit of happiness— where or who do those rights come from? They come from nature and nature's God. They come from a creator, providence. Uh, remember, too, that Jefferson, when he wrote the Declaration on July 4, 1776, was engaging in an act of treason, an illegal act. Had he been captured in court, he would have been hanged. And so he couldn't invoke law. He couldn't invoke British law. He had to invoke something higher than law. And so he invoked natural law. Uh, nature's law and nature's God. 
when uh, are you comfortable with the word creator though he said we are endowed yeah. by the creator with these rights That's right. he believed in a creator he believed that the world was created and that the clockmaker god the god who created the universe then stepped back and doesn't intervene in human affairs doesn't uh, accept prayer uh... is not the lord of hosts the lord of battle that he is not the father of jesus that he did not write the ten commandments that, in fact, Jefferson thought the Ten Commandments were very deficient because they included a provision holding the sins of the fathers applicable to the children for three to four generations. He said that was very un-American. We Americans, he said, came to the United States from, from to the colonies from Britain to escape the sins of our father. We don't want to be held responsible for their sins. We want to create sins and virtues of our own here. So, uh, yes, there was a creator. Yes, he was a religious man. Even Thomas Paine, who was virulently anti-Christian, believed in God. Spinoza, who was excommunicated from the Jewish religion, believed in God, but they believed in nature's God. The debate in those days was not between atheists and deists. Everybody was a deist, um, with the exception, perhaps, of Voltaire. Uh, the, the big fight was between whether you believed in the God of the Bible, the God of the Judeo-Christian God, or you believed in a more abstract nature's God. And Jefferson and Adams and Washington and Paine and Madison all came down fairly squarely on the side of nature's God. All right, you're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. That was Alan Dershowitz. He's written a book, Blasphemy, How the Religious Right is Hijacking Our Declaration of Independence. And to respond to him now, we have Dr. Richard Land, who's written the book, The Divided States of America. Dr. Land, it seemed like he couldn't simply answer the question, what's your reaction to Dershowitz there? Well, uh, first of all, um, Jefferson was a deist, but he's a deist who thought so highly of Jesus that he published his own version of the Gospels that took out the miraculous but kept the teachings, the moral teachings of Jesus. Um, John Adams and George Washington, um, they both were active members of their churches. Uh, George Washington sat on the vestry of his Episcopal Church, or Anglican Church as it was before the Revolution. Um, it said that George Washington prayed every day. Uh, George Washington gave no indication of being anything other than a person who was operating from a Christian worldview. And as uh, Joseph Lieberman says in the foreword to my book, The Divided States of America, that while America is not a Christian nation, America was founded by people who were Christians, many of them Christians, and were operating from a Christian worldview, and they expected religion to have an important role uh, in the country. And you see, Dershowitz is t- picking up a straw man and trying to say that because some of the founders were not Orthodox Christians in the sense that we as evangelicals would talk about an Orthodox Christian, that religion doesn't have any role to play and faith doesn't have any role to play in the public policy of the country. That's where he's going with this. He's saying that because some of the authors, and by the way, Jefferson was not the only author of the Declaration of Independence. He was the chairman of an editorial committee, and they made numerous changes. Uh, one of them, uh, uh, I believe, being that um, we uh, that they weren't declaring their independence from God. They were appealing to nature's God. And uh, for many of the of the framers, many of the founders, nature's God was the God of the Old and New Testament, not just the God of the deists. I mean, the reason that Jefferson and uh, Franklin and Ed Madison, particularly, were so well known for their deism and for the, and, and or their Unitarianism is because they were so atypical. They were so out of the ordinary from where most of the founders were. But what Dershowitz then does is attempt to use this to say that that religious belief and 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 the 
faith of the people of our republic has no place in the public policies of the nation. And if you've seen Alan Dershowitz on the talk shows, you know that you know that he argues this. And when I was um, reading Dershowitz's book, I kept thinking, Jerry, about uh, an episode that I talk about in my book that comes from the 19th century when the Kansas-Nebraska Act um, was uh, being brought forth and 3,000 Protestant ministers in New England issued a petition to the Congress of the United States calling on them to oppose the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which was to spread slavery into those two states. And the pro-slavery senators were just apoplectic and said this was a violation of separation of church and state. It was a violation of our founding fathers, that religious people had no business with anything to do in politics, and particularly Christian ministers. Sam Houston, one of my favorite uh, historical figures, at that time a senator from Texas, got up in the Senate and said, I don't think there's anything very derogatory to our institutions, to the ministers of the gospel expressing their opinions. They have a right to do it. No man can be a minister without first being a man. He has political rights. He has the rights of a missionary of the Savior, and he's not disenfranchised by his vocation. Mm. Sam Houston agrees with me and disagrees with Alan Dershowitz, and I'll stick with General Houston. Dr. Land, I want you to listen to Ronald Reagan. I'm going to ask you a question about this. Explaining the inalienable rights of men, Jefferson said, the God who gave us life gave us liberty at the same time. Uh, Dr. Land, we've only got about a minute in this segment, but uh, the question I asked Dershowitz and I put to you is, uh, explain the radical idea that Jefferson was proposing in the Declaration over and against the European governments and the way people had thought about rights. These rights came from God, um, not from uh, the government. Isn't that true? Well, that's exactly right. Um, prior to the American Revolution, of course, with, with, with the one impossible exception of the English Revolution, People believe that rights were granted by the state, and that they believed in the divine right of kings. Now, the English, in fact, the American forefathers who, who rebelled against the English crown said they were doing so as freeborn Englishmen. They had rights that were granted under Magna Carta and under the glorious revolution of 1688 that Frenchmen and Germans didn't have, and that if they were Frenchmen or Germans, they wouldn't have the right to revolt. But as freeborn Englishmen, they did. And you, if you read the Declaration of Independence, they spend four-fifths of the document attacking the British crown and explaining why the British crown had forfeited its right to be a legitimate government. We have to hold that thought because we're out of time. We're on a hard break. When we come back, more of the debate on church and state with Richard Land and Alan Dershowitz. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today to register for the fall term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. 
Along with his word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today to register for the fall term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. Today's show is an encore presentation. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Many people who pray are the ones who want to go to war, who want to kill fellow human beings. That disturbs me. I think what we need is more love. (laughs) Well, that's Senator Mike Gravel. On ABC's This Week, he's running for President of the United States and certainly not friendly towards religion or people of faith. Today we're having a debate. On the left, Alan Dershowitz, he's written a book called Blasphemy, How the Religious Right is Hijacking Our Declaration of Independence. And on the right, we have Dr. Richard Land, President of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. He's written the book the divided states of America. Dr. Land, quickly, your response to Senator Gravel. You know, the world is divided up. I, I saw this the other day, a wonderful comment from a soldier who'd come back from Iraq. The world is divided up into wolves, sheepdogs, and sheep. 98% of the people are sheep, 1% are wolves, 1% are sheepdogs. And um, the sheep and the wolves have one thing in common. They both don't like sheepdogs because the sheepdogs try to protect the sheep. The wolves don't like them, and the sheep don't like the wolf, the sheepdogs, because the sheepdogs keep telling the sheep what they don't want to hear, that there are wolves out there, and they've got to be protected against them, and there are places they cannot go and things they cannot do, because they'll be destroyed by the by the wolves. And um, I would just say that there there's a higher percentage of people who are people of faith who are sheepdogs, and thank God for them. Mm. Well, let's go back to Alan Dershowitz, Dr. Land. You mentioned Joseph Lieberman, and uh, I did confront confront um, Alan Dershowitz with Lieberman, and particularly Lieberman's comments that um, America, as a majority Christian nation, has been good for the Jews. Here's a faith-based institution from the beginning. Here's Alan Dershowitz. I want to fast forward. You know, I know there are some Christians who want a church state or a state church. I disavow that. But I think most Christians um, do believe that our culture and our country is undergirded by the Judeo-Christian worldview. And I want to quote from one of your Jewish friends here, uh, Joe Lieberman. Lieberman says, look, the Declaration says, you know, these rights come from the Creator. And he he acknowledges that... um, Christians were and still are a majority in America, and he says that in the 5,000 years of Jewish history, there's never been a country that has treated the Jews um, and given them more as well and given them as much freedom as this country, and it's the gift of the Christians who founded the country. He uses that phrase. What do you think of that? I don't disagree with that. Uh, Joe Lieberman is a friend of mine. I like him very much. I don't agree with everything he said. Um, he has said once, and I think he regrets it, that you can't be a moral person unless you're a religious person. Mm. That's an insult to the 10 million Americans who don't regard themselves as a deist or religious. Uh, but he's right. Uh, descriptively, America has been the best place in the world for 
Jews, by the way, Jews have been very good for America. We have to remember yes, that, too. Yes, absolutely. You know, Jews helped in the revolution. Chaim Solomon, Jews helped in every one of our wars. Jews have helped in every aspect of America culturally. Jews have won more Nobel Prizes and saved more lives through their medical technology and innovations in America probably than anywhere else in the world. So it's been a reciprocally wonderful relationship. I'm very proud to be an American. I'm an American First, I'll always be an American. I'll always be a Jew, and I don't see any conflict between my being an American and a Jew. And I think Lieberman is absolutely right. But I think it would all come to naught if we were to adopt any kind of religion as the official religion of the state, that uh, minorities don't do well in states where we're tolerated. George Washington said, of toleration we will speak no longer. Uh, Everybody is equal in America. You're not a better American because you're a Christian or because... Uh, you're not uh, you're not a worse American because you're an atheist. I uh, hope someday that there will be an atheist who will feel comfortable running for president, as atheists have been comfortable running for uh, positions in France and in other countries of the world. But let me ask uh, you a practical had, question. We have an atheist in Congress now, Congressman right. Stark. Uh, I think we had an atheist in the Senate, Ernest Gruning, many years ago. We've had atheists on the Supreme Court. Oliver Wendell Holmes was an, a declared atheist. And uh, there, was, there are several senators who recently told Reason Magazine they could never vote to confirm a justice who did not believe in God. Well, the secret is they have voted to confirm justices <laughs> who don't believe in God, uh, and they've been very good justices from time to time. That was Alan Dershowitz. I want to ask you, Dr. Land, do you believe Alan Dershowitz is really avoiding the fundamental point here, and that is that the Judeo-Christian worldview has provided an atmosphere for the freedoms we joy in, in America. Absolutely. And first of all, I want to know who it is that wants to make Christianity the official religion of America. <laughs> right. He keeps talking about that. I, I quoted that same quote from George Washington in, in my book, and so did Joe Lieberman uh, when he wrote the foreword to my book. Uh, I don't know anybody personally who wants to make Christianity the official religion of America. We just don't want atheism and agnosticism to be yes. the official religion of America. And I agree with everything he said about freedom and toleration. But, you know, I think it's going to be a long time before an atheist is elected president, because <laughs> we are a very religious country, and most Americans feel more comfortable with a president who acknowledges a higher power than himself. And the point that I was going to make earlier I didn't get to make because of the time constraints, um, Jerry, is this. Um, the French Revolution declared liberty, equality, fraternity based on nothing other than their, they declared it. And it fell into tyranny and, and a, a reign of terror and bloodshed and dictatorship. The American Revolution was such a huge success because people, the vast majority of the people, did believe in God, and for most of them, it was a, a, a Protestant, Judeo-Christian God, and they believed that they, believed that they were uh, accountable to a higher power. Now, it's true that some of the leading founding fathers were deists, but the fact is, is that when you look at the 1790 census for the country, over 90% of the people in the country claimed allegiance to some form of the Protestant faith. Well, let's move on to Dershowitz's book, because, Dr. Land, I confronted him uh, about an admission in the book that he really would like to see religious symbols out of the public square. Now, Alan, I want to read a section from your book uh, and ask you to follow up on it. As two sentences here on page 70. It would be wrong to conclude that the Declaration of Independence supports the entire agenda of those who would remove 
all references of God from public pronouncements. Absolutely. I like that. Yep. But the next sentence, although that would be my own strong personal preference, yeah. I cannot find support for it in the history or text of the Declaration. Could you tell us why you would like to see that happen, uh, references to God out of the public square? Well, I think that God is too important to be trivialized in kind of uh, public, you know, displays. I think God, as Jesus said, those who are true believers go into the corner and pray where nobody can see them. It's the hypocrites who stand at the doorway and shake back and forth so that everybody can see them in prayer. Um, You know, as somebody who respects God and respects religion, I much prefer to see religion, as Jefferson did, kept at home, kept in the church. I love, on Hanukkah, I put up a menorah uh, in my house for everybody to see as they pass by. But I wouldn't want the state to put a menorah up for me, and I wouldn't want the state to put up a uh, creche for Christians. But I love watching creches uh, and nativity scenes in churches. That's where they belong, on the yards of churches, but not in the town square. Because when you go to the town square and you see the religious symbol of one group, you say to yourself, well, why not my group? Uh, Why not the Muslims? Why not the uh, Shintoists? Why not everybody else? And then the ultimate answer has to be because we're a Christian country. But the first treaty the United States ever enacted, signed by John Adams, with the Barbary states, declared we are in no way, in no sense, are we a Christian nation. This was 1790-whatever, 8 or 7. We were saying we are not a Christian country, and legally we're not, though sociologically, of course, we actually are. That was Alan Dershowitz. He's written the book Blasphemy, How the Religious Right is Hijacking Our Declaration of Independence. Now to respond, Dr. Richard Land, President of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. Dr. Land, your reaction to Dershowitz there? Well, my reaction is his response to um, having a pluralistic society is he wants to remove all religious symbols from the public square. The public square belongs to the public, and I believe the public has a right to decide what belongs in the public square. And my answer would be to have the the government accommodate everyone's right to have their religious symbol put in the public square if they want to do it at the appropriate time of the year. So we'd have creches at Christmas time. We'd have a uh, a menorah at at Jewish holidays. We would have uh, um, if there were Muslims in the community, then the Muslims could put one up, and the government would accommodate everyone's right to express their faith. And we would acknowledge the pluralism, which we say we believe in, instead of the artificially sanitized religious segregation, which Alan Dershowitz is trying to push on the American people. Dr. Land has written the book, The Divided States of America. He is president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. Dr. Land, we've just got about a minute. Um, Your take on Dershowitz's agenda, do you think he's going to get any traction here in the States? Dershowitz is, uh, his agenda is the old failed agenda of the secular left from the 1960s. They are losing, they can feel the ground shifting from beneath their feet, and it's driving them to apoplexy. And this book is a product of legal and, and secularist apoplexy. Um, the American people aren't going to buy this argument. They're not buying this argument. We're getting more religious rather than less religious. And Alan Dershowitz is just going to have to live with it. All right. Dr. Richard Land, he's written the book, The Divided States of America. Thank you so much for being with us. And might I mention to people, they should listen to you every day here on KCBI, also on Saturdays. And uh, we thank you so much. We'll have you back soon. Thank you, Jerry. All right, folks, here's the question. Should In God We Trust be taken off the coins? Should one nation under God be removed from the Pledge of Allegiance? 
Should all references to God be expunged from the public square? What about the Bible, prayer, Ten Commandments in the schools? What is the proper relationship between church and state? Alan Dershowitz teaches at Harvard University. He's written this book, Blasphemy, How the Religious Right is Hijacking Our Declaration of Independence. When we come back, more from Professor Dershowitz. And coming up to debate him, David Barton of Wall Builders, one of the best historians on America's godly heritage to debate Alan Dershowitz coming right up. Today's show is an encore presentation. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. That's President Ronald Reagan. Folks, here's the question today. Should we take in God we trust off the coins? Should we take one nation under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance? There are many who say that we should. And we're going to have a debate about the proper relationship between church and state. On the left, we have Professor Alan Dershowitz. He's written the book Blasphemy. How the Religious Right is Hijacking Our Declaration of Independence. And on the right now, we have David Barton. He's president of Wall Builders, founder of that organization. He's done extensive research on the Founding Fathers and the religious heritage of the United States of America. Welcome to the program, David. Good to be with you, Jerry. Thanks for having me. All right, David. What I want you to do is uh, listen to Alan Dershowitz. I talked to him earlier. He was not able to be on live with us today, but I asked him about this book, and it it relies heavily on Thomas Jefferson and on Dershowitz's claim that that Jefferson was a hard deist and uh, maybe even a kind of an atheist. And so here is Alan Dershowitz on Jefferson and God. Professor Dershowitz, let's go back to Jefferson, because so much of your book is about Jefferson. One more question. I want to read a Jefferson statement. I know you've heard it. I want to ask you a follow-up on it, though, and here it is. And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are not to be violated but with His wrath? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and his justice cannot sleep forever. Now, again, I'm willing to grant he was not an evangelical Christian, right. but was he a hard deist, the justice, the wrath of God, the fact that these liberties are a gift of, of that God? What do you make? Was he a hard deist? I wouldn't say hard. He wrote a beautiful letter to his nephew, Peter Carr, which I reproduce completely in the book, in which he tells him that he's now 17 and it's time he can read the Bible. Uh, he shouldn't read it before that because it would be propaganda. And he should read it the way he reads Thucydides, uh, critically. And he said, if in the end your study brings you to believe in God, that's fine. But if in the end your study believes you to reject the existence of God, that's fine too. Because if there is a God, he said, that God will reward you not for the rightness of your belief, but for the uprightness of your quest. So hard deist would be a little bit too strong. But he firmly believed in God. He believed in heaven toward the end of his life. He and Adams had correspondence in which he expected to meet Adams in heaven. So in many respects, he had some of the attributes of modern-day uh, Christians, Jews, Muslims, but he firmly believed in separation of church and state. When he was asked his own religious views, in fact, he'd be very upset with this program because he wouldn't want us to be talking about his religious views. He said he wouldn't even tell his family 
his own personal religious views. They were so private, so ever-changing, so personal. And what he believed in more strongly than anything was separation of church and state. When he died, he devised his own memorial, and it listed only three things. It didn't list the fact that he was president of the United States. That was not among the top Mm. three things that were important in his life. The most important was he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Second most important is he wrote the law for religious freedom, separation of church and state in Virginia. And third, he built the first secular university in the world, the University of Virginia, where by his instructions, the library tower had to be higher than the church tower because reason had to prevail over faith. I do think they held chapel services in that rotunda, though. They there. did, and they still do. All right, it's a now. beautiful rotunda, and he believed in, in God. And he, in fact, was a, was a, uh, went to church from time to time. He liked uh, some of the church services. He ultimately rejected um, uh, Episcopal uh, service because it was too close to England. But uh, there were many things about him that admired religion. Remember, my book, as distinguished from some of those that are now on the bestseller list, is not a screed against God. I myself am a sometimes observant Jew. I'm going to plan to go to synagogue on Rosh Hashanah. So you're not with Dawkins and Sam Harris uh, on this? This is not Sam Harris. This is not Chris Hitchens. Uh, This is a book more about how important separation is to religion. Remember, the real reason we started with separation of church and state was to protect the churches from the state. Uh, what uh, what w- Roger Williams called to protect the garden from the from the jungle from the forest. All right, that was Alan Dershowitz. He teaches at Harvard University. He's written a book, Blasphemy: How the Religious Right Is Hijacking Our Declaration of Independence. Now to respond, we have David Barton. He's founder and president of Wall Builders. He is an expert on uh, America's founding documents and our religious heritage. Uh, David, I got to say, reading this book by Dershowitz. Actually, he takes you on directly in several places. Uh, now respond to his characterization of, of Jefferson. Does he get Jefferson right? I would say no. Uh, he's right. He's not a hard deist. Uh, you're right. He's not an evangelical Christian. But he's completely wrong that Jefferson is the separation of state. The guy in 60 volumes of writings mentioned the phrase one time. Now, it seems to me like if it's the most important thing, you're going to talk about it several times. It's mentioned one time in his long life of nearly eight decades. He mentioned the phrase once. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We believe that from the Scripture, and he just doesn't speak about it. And that was in a letter, wasn't it? It, it was in a letter. And see, here's where here's where Dershowitz really, really missed it. Jefferson in that letter took the, the point of that letter and repeated it three additional times. And the letter was written to him by the Danbury Baptists of Danbury, Connecticut, and they said that, that we do not like the government protecting our religious expression, because right now it's by statutes, by constitution, for exercise of religion. They said having it in any government document will cause the government to tend to think that it has the right to regulate our free exercise of religion. And so they said, our our free exercise of religion is granted by God, not by government. Government has nothing to say about public religion's expression. So Jefferson writes back and agrees, and he said that the wall of separation was there to protect public religious expressions. So what happens is, in the First Amendment, as Dershowitz knows, there are two clauses, the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause. And the Establishment Clause says that Congress can't establish a national denomination. Free exercise says that the government can't stop free exercise. So Jefferson attaches separation to free exercise, and what he says is because there is a separation of church and state, the government will not stop public religious activities. 
Now, what happened was we did that for 150 years. Jefferson repeated it again three other occasions. He wrote that to a Supreme Court justice uh, that the First Amendment was to guarantee that there would be no government stopping of religious expressions, etc. But in 1947, what happened was Justice Hugo Black said, well, Jefferson screwed it all up. He should have attached the phrase to the Establishment Clause rather than the Free Exercise. And that's what the court did in 47. So now separation means you've got to keep public expressions out of the arena. Uh, and, and Dershowitz is looking at separation church and state, saying what we have today is what Jefferson wanted. No, no, no. What we have today is the opposite of what Jefferson wanted, proved by the fact that Thomas Jefferson himself started church inside the U.S. Capitol, inside the Treasury Department, and inside the War Department. These are all government buildings. And Jefferson started church. They went for eight years to church at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, a number of congressmen and senators, including John Quincy Adams, write about Jeff, writes about Jefferson going to church at the U.S. Capitol, where he upstart the church service on Sunday. So separation, yeah, it was a big deal to Jefferson, and that meant the government's not going to tell you what you can do with religious expressions in public. Uh, Dershowitz has got it that Jefferson wanted a secular public arena, and that's completely repugnant to all of Jefferson's writings. All right, David, let's talk about the naked public square or a secular public arena. I ask Alan Dershowitz, and we'll barely have time to get his answer in here, but I ask him about the naked public square. Well, let's ask this philosophical question, though. Going back to the Declaration that the rights, the freedom, uh, life, and liberty, pursuit of happiness come uh, from the Creator to all men equally, uh, we're talking about worldviews, and you've you've got the atheistic worldview, you've got the Muslim worldview, you've got the Judeo-Christian worldview. I mean, the track record isn't very good for the atheistic worldview. You've got Russia, you've got China, rights don't do so well there. You've got the Islamic worldview, rights don't go so well there. I mean, the naked public square is not a very safe place for human rights. Do you believe the Judeo-Christian worldview is the best foundation for those rights? Well, I'm not sure. Um, for, certainly, I'm not a big fan of France, but France today is an atheist country. It's a post-Christian country. Um, uh, people running for office there virtually have to declare that they're not religious, and they're a country uh, undergirded with very substantial rights. I wouldn't want to live in France for many reasons. It's a nasty place, a cynical place. <laughs> I agree, and, and not friendly uh, to Jews either. Yeah, and not good for the Jews and not good for believing Christians. Right. And by the way, not so good for believing Muslims. Remember, they made right. them take their headscarves off and all of that. So I wouldn't want to live in France. I think on balance, uh, America, uh, with all of its diversity, has been the best country in the history of the world, but we are the best country because we're so diverse, because we don't tolerate, we proclaim the equality of everybody who's a decent citizen, as Washington said. You know, when we passed our Constitution, ours was the first Constitution called the Godless Constitution. There's no mention of God in the All right, we're going to have to stop it there because we're running low on time. David Barton, a brief response. We'll come back and have a a fuller treatment of this. Is he right, the godless Constitution and the naked public square? The founders gave seven reasons that the Constitution was not godless. So it's Dershowitz against the founders, and they, <laughs> they give seven different areas to prove that it's not godless. And, and courts for 170 years interpreted it and said it's not godless. Look at these seven clauses. And yet he says it is. So it's him against the founders, him against history. Uh, the naked public square, one of the things that I find interesting is that guys like Dershowitz do not treat religious speech as if it were free speech. 
if it were free speech, they would uphold it and allow it, even if it were religious. But somehow religious speech is to get less protection than free speech, and, well, we can't have a graduation where a kid uses free speech to say God. So even in the naked public square, they're disingenuous with that, because if they really believed there's a wide open square of diversity, they would allow that diversity that included religious speech, but that's what they fight against. All right, folks, would the founders want... In God We Trust, off the coins, one nation under God, out of the pledge. Would they want the Bible, the prayer, the Ten Commandments, out of the schools, out of the courts? We're having a debate with Alan Dershowitz of Harvard. He's written a book called Blasphemy, How the Religious Right is Hijacking Our Declaration of Independence. And in response, we've got David Barton of Wall Builders. We'll come back and we'll talk about the kind of political speech that would not be allowed under Dershowitz's plan. And you'll hear a very interesting audio when we come back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today to register for the fall term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with his word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today to register for the fall term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. Today's show is an encore presentation. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. I expected the Battle of Britain is about to begin. Upon this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. Christian civilization, that's Churchill speaking of England. Can politicians speak that way today? Well, they certainly don't in Europe, but what about in the United States? Alan Dershowitz has written a book, Blasphemy, How the Religious Right is Hijacking Our Declaration of Independence. And to respond, we have David Barton of Wall Builders. David, welcome back. You mentioned a moment ago that there were at least, I think, seven reasons the Constitution wasn't godless. Could you give us two or three of those right now? Yeah, number one is the Declaration of Independence is not godless. Directly acknowledges God on four occasions. Article 7 of the Constitution, called the Attestation Clause, directly incorporates the Declaration of Independence into the Constitution. So that's four references right there. Second is, uh, in closing the Constitution, the founders did not say what other government documents in America at the time said, and that is, we've done this in 1787. They said, we've done this in the year of our Lord, 1787. Mm. Now, that is not only a God declaration, that is a Christian declaration. Uh, you also have the three oath clauses. George Washington, Rufus King, others who signed the Constitution 
said the oath clause was a religious clause because it is appealing to God Almighty to judge the veracity of your heart, and you're calling down His judgment on you if you do not tell the truth under the oath. And significantly, um, John Witherspoon, founding father, said that an oath was actually an act of worship. It is, it is a way that you worship God. So three oath clauses, they pointed to that. Uh, they also pointed to the Sunday's accepted clause. Uh, we are the only, Christianity is the only religion in the world with a Sunday Sabbath. Now, not all Christians have a Sunday Sabbath, but it's the only religion right. with a Sunday Sabbath. And we knocked the whole government down on Sunday. And by the way, that's when Thomas Jefferson did set up church services in the Capitol was on Sunday, <laughs> on Sabbath. And so the other thing is Article 7 and uh, the Constitution incorporates the common law. Court after court, Supreme Court after Supreme Court, and founder after founder said Christianity is part of the common law that was incorporated in the Constitution through the Seventh Amendment. I mean, there's just seven things the founders point to where they inserted Christianity into the document. And because we're secular thinking today, we assume that, well, we, we don't need to believe what they said. Let's just play like it's not there. But I think really that's good is. evidence. Good evidence, David Barton. And let's go back to Alan Dershowitz because, uh, David, I asked him, uh, he has a, a thing in the book called Ten Commandments for Politicians, and I read a couple of those. Let's listen to Alan Dershowitz, and then you can respond. This book contains the Ten Commandments, not commandments, but commandments for politicians. Let's go over two or three of them. I want you to talk about this one. Do not claim God is a member of your party or that God is on your side of an issue. And I'll read the second one. Do not publicly proclaim your religious devotion, affiliation, and practices, or attack those of your opponents. Now, Alan, I want you to listen to something. We're going to have a little fun here. I've got three excerpts from three presidential speeches. Oh, I know what you're going to say. And I want you to react, okay? <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. The rights of man come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. Free at last! Thank God! We are free at last! We ever forget that we're one nation under then we will be a nation gone under. Okay, that's JFK, MLK, and Reagan bleeped out. What do you think of that? Well, you know, I, first of all, Martin Luther King is different. He was not a politician. He was a minister. He should be invoking God. Rabbis, ministers, priests, imams should be invoking God. I completely support how Kennedy dealt with religion. He firmly believed, in fact, he was probably, of all of our presidents, the strongest in terms of separation of church and state. You might say he had to be because he was the first Catholic president. He believed in it. And he expressed his views in God. Um, what I don't like, and the other was Ronald Reagan, right? Right. What I, what I don't like is what recent politicians have said. And I'm going to include my own candidate. I'm a, a public supporter. A lot of Democrats now talking yeah. God. Right. Hillary Rodham Clinton. I'm going to see her this Saturday night. She's coming to Martha's Vineyard for a big event, and I'm going to be uh, meeting with her. And I will tell her if I have a chance. I, uh, I, I like the beginning of what she said when she said, in my tradition, she's a Methodist, she said, uh, we don't talk much about God. We don't wear God on our sleeve. But then when she was pressed, she talked about how important it was to her to have God when she was in times of crisis. My preference would be for politicians to say, you know, my religious beliefs are really a personal matter between me and my family. All right, that's Alan Dershowitz. He says the religious right is hijacking our Declaration of Independence. To respond now, David Barton of Wall Builders. David, do you believe that uh, Alan Dershowitz is um, rewriting history here? And uh, what do you think about his proposal that politicians never, ever reference God? 
Well, he, he should have read Jefferson on that issue um, because he claims to invoke Jefferson. And he said, it's okay for ministers, but not okay for politicians. And the Virginia Constitution, uh, when it was originally written, 1777, they started on it, they put a clause in there that said ministers are too important to hold secular office. So we, d- we don't want ministers to be in, in public office. We want them to focus on saving souls, not on, not on being in office. Jefferson went through the roof. He said, you're treating ministers different than you treat political people and vice versa. And he objected to that clause that said, hey, minister is okay, uh, political guy's not, and by the way, ministers shouldn't be involved in this arena. So here Dershowitz is saying, hijack the Declaration of Independence, he's used Thomas Jefferson. All right, Jefferson is one of the 56 guys there who did it. Dershowitz fails to point out that of the 56 who signed the Declaration, 29 held seminary or Bible school degrees. So I don't think they were after a secular document. Jefferson is, is fighting for the right of, of ministers to be involved in the public arena as government officials, and 29 of them are ministers, and somehow to say that, that they would have a religious viewpoint and that they shouldn't express it, you know, you, you would have to you would have to censor you would have to censor most of the records of the Continental Congress where that those signers of the Declaration served because they did call after call calling on God. In fact they called on Jesus Christ and they issued fifteen national proclamations, days of prayer and fasting, prayer and thanksgiving, quoting the scriptures and calling on the Redeemer and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So you know, if he's going to say the Declaration has been hijacked by the religious right, I've got to say the religious right hadn't gone near as far as the Founding Fathers themselves went with it. That's David Barton of, of, of Wall Builders. Now, David, let me ask you this question. Uh, you know, all of these Democrats are doing some God talk, but there's a very surprising quote in the last debate on ABC's This Week. I want you to listen to Senator Mike Gravel, former senator from Alaska. Here it is. Many people who pray are the ones who want to go to war, who want to kill fellow human beings. That disturbs me. I think what we need is more love. Uh, David, we've got about 30 seconds, but how do you feel about that quote? He would have been a great Quaker at the time of the founding era because that's the exact rhetoric they used. Now, on the other side, you had all the founding fathers who tended to be Episcopalians, Presbyterians. Uh, You had the Lutherans. You had the Baptists. You had all these others. Uh, but that viewpoint is not a new viewpoint in America. It was expressed, but it's always been a minority viewpoint. It wasn't the Founding Fathers. It still is now. David Barton of Wall Builders, thank you so much for being with us. Your website is wallbuilders.com. That's wallbuilders.com. Appreciate the work you're doing. We hope to have you back. Thanks, Jerry. Bless you for what you're doing. All right, folks, there it is. Well, what does the Bible say? I can tell you the book of Psalms says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The book of Proverbs says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach for any people. We are one nation under God. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.